Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Recently, I've been receiving a whole ton of messages from students asking about the application cycle. Everything from the basics like writing a CV and cover letter to much more specific questions, things like how does a group exercise work in an assessment center when everything's being done completely virtually online because of the pandemic? Or how do you build rapport with someone when it's being done via Zoom instead of in person? So with the help of my colleague, Zhao Yuzhang, we're hopefully going to unlock a few trade secrets and take a deep dive into some of these questions through a series of episodes, career-focused, so you feel as best prepared and as confident as you can be when applying for roles in finance. So good luck, I hope it's useful, and let's get to it. So hello and welcome to the next Career Hack episode for the Market Maker podcast. And as ever, I'm joined by Xiao to go over the latest deep dive this time into networking. Um, always a common one that comes up with students. How do I do it? How do I speak to a senior person? Where do I even begin? Um, so just to quickly s- surmise, we've done virtual assessment centers, the process and looked at how they're constructed, particularly in this pandemic era. We've talked in previous episodes about group exercises, higher view process, so now now networking. So Zhao, I know we've got a bit of a structure here to, to kick things off, but perhaps then we could look at um, just, just how this generally comes up in conversation when you're dealing with students. I mean, where does this sit in those uh, in terms of interviews and cover letters is networking the one that creates the most uncertainty in your experience with the students you encounter yeah absolutely and um i i think first i i should probably explain um you know in terms of timing i think this is a really good time to to talk about networking especially during the application season and you know networking certainly is a a way to you know enable you to find some additional opportunities and even adding different flavors or extra flavor to for example your cover letter and so on um, but generally i think it's one of those things that student knows it's important but are yet you know somewhat not sure how to approach it or, or in fact uh, occasionally making excuses for for why they don't want to do um, networking so I would say it definitely comes up a lot in conversations um, and uh, certainly as the application season goes through and towards the end more and more so because people look for alternative ways to to find opportunities essentially yeah so so give me give me a list then what's the top three most common excuses that you, that you hear <laughs> wow the, yeah definitely the list goes on I think the most common ones, the first one would be, um, I don't know how, I, I don't know how. And, you know, I, I think networking is just one of those things that it does come with a bit of trial and error for sure. Um, and it's a case of stepping outside the comfort zone and giving it a shot. Uh, the second most common one I would say is, 
um, I'm just scared to do so because I'm afraid they don't have time for me, which I appreciate that that you 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 know you can you can be uh, um, sympathetic towards others, but it shouldn't be become like a hurdle that that you cannot cross, right? If you address these messages in the right way and in the right manner, um, it's totally fine. The final one or the third one out of my top three would just be, I don't want to try. It. I I I think it's it's just too much. It's difficult. Um, there's online applications I can make. I, I just don't want to try. Um, probably the one that I would say um, uh, of a quite stubborn excuse in, in the sense of you know I, no no doesn't matter what you say. I, I just don't want to try it. But perhaps deep bottom down right like uh, uh, um, knowing that is something that could potentially be of benefit. So so if the you know I know. Over the years, I mean, you've dealt with thousands and thousands of candidates of those that become successful of being employed by, let's say, mm. a target institution. How, how many of those have secured that without any networking? <laughs> I mean, just to quantify it, I mean, is if you do not network, I mean, mm. I mean, obviously, there's always going to be the person who's like, an Olympic level, everything with a shining yeah. personality to boot, uh, and they're just gonna—they're gonna get the job, come what may. But yeah, for the, for us mere mortals, like, what do, what does the world look like? How much as to what detriment is your application without networking? I guess I'm asking. Sure, uh, and I think the the short answer is certainly networking. To your point, right? It, it, it's not saying if you don't network, you cannot succeed. To you know, cer- certain candidates they're, they're just so bright. Um, this you know is icing on top of the cake, but it's not. You know, if you don't have it, then then you can't go through. But but also to your point, for a lot of people, you know, networking does make a huge, huge difference. However, I have to say, um, you know, the extent of which you need to uh, commit to networking is quite different. So for most of the candidates, they would have done uh, at least some networking. As as a great example, you know, um, let's talk about cover letter. Uh, In your cover letter, if you're able to not just talk about generic reasons like you know, your firm is fast paced. I love the environment, which is, you know, rather generic or, or the term student love is, I love the company culture, um, but I'm able to describe it in detail. You know, rather than saying things like that, if you're able to say, because I spoke to so-and-so, maybe even at like an open event, not necessarily just a one-to-one conversation, um, you know, that gives extra, you know, flavor and gives extra uh, uh, opportunities to connect, right? Perhaps the person reading your cover letter happens to know this person, this example. Um, so, you know, that's kind of some of the light touches potentially. And also, you know, you can certainly dive into that networking world much more. And sometimes, you know, especially for those who are worried about, for example, which uh, uh, subject they're studying, perhaps does a discipline fit, or is my uni a, a target university? You know, networking can make a huge, huge difference when, you know, your capability really speaks for, for, for who you are. Yeah, just while you were talking, I was thinking, you know, kind of beyond even my questioning, I was saying about supporting applications and things like that. But there's also that other small thing about improving your interpersonal skills for the benefit of your professional and personal life, because these skills are integral, whether you're doing a technical role or non-technical role, an ability to communicate internally and externally, which is enhanced, as you said, through stepping out of your comfort zone 
talking to people of different ethnicity, different age, different seniority. These are all useful things. It's just that because I guess we're taught in a very rigid curriculum as young people generally. And so we kind of think, okay, I got an A in this, like maths. Yeah. So I, I know how good I am in context and against my peer group. Yeah. Whereas if I was to say to someone, I'm really, I'm quite, I quite like it. I quite enjoy, and I feel like I'm quite good at networking. It's like, well, how do you quantify that? It's kind of a bit of a gray area, but the point being yeah. is that as you and I know, but after applications, when you're actually in the workforce, mm -hmm. those skills are incredibly powerful because, they're, yeah. because, because your ability to then, when you're in, to then go up is largely dependent on your ability to get on with other people, which is yeah. people the skill. same skills. Right, people skills, yeah. which is something that you definitely gain through, through networking. So I know you kind of touched upon there about and I know we've got some points to cover. So how to get started. Mm -hmm. So is this the sort of things that, that you mean, like going to say those insight days and doesn't need to be the coffee one-to-ones. Can it be, I mean, is there yeah. steps even before that, before you can even Absolutely. get to that point? So, so I think also another reason why this whole process seems so intimidating to many is just because it isn't something that you necessarily get taught at university or, uh, you know, even before university. So you kind of don't necessarily have a guide to tell you, hey, where to start. And I would say, you know, that creates additional barriers to entry, if you like. Uh, I would argue that actually there's many more steps before, you know, for example, the one-to-ones and so on, even the insight programs. And of course, the, the attending insight program is not just for the sake of networking. There's many more benefits to that. Um, but generally for someone who is, you know, determined to really improve your own skill in the field of networking, you should start, you know, close to your comfort zone. So for example, people around you, and I, I don't mean, you know, parents and so on, I, I don't think that would be really networking, but say seniors who study in the year above you, is a great way to start where you can find a lot of common ground, because again, networking, the key is finding common ground that make once you connect, then things, the conversation become much easier. So starting from your, your seniors, the year above, um, you know, if you're part of the society at uni, uh, talking to others in societies, or maybe, uh, you know, slightly further venturing out, talking to, say, alumni who's coming back to your uni and making a sharing about perhaps the industry or specific field, trying to actually connect with them on LinkedIn and so on, and even further out, but still sticking with, say, around your university theme, trying to actually just reach out to alumni from your uni that you haven't met yet, but got that common ground of, hey, we're from the same faculty. Do you remember Mr. or Professor so-and-so? And, and, you know, th those are much easier ways to warm up to, to this concept. Yeah, I, I always say with that, you know, with the whole, we're from, we're, we as humans, as homo sapiens, we're very tribal. That's what people are, right? And we identify yeah, yeah. with people, you know, spots, we'll go with spots in nature and stripes with stripes. And so if you can find, yeah, like you said, that common ground being a university connection, I always say like, the, the the blood runs deeper the further back you go so if someone went mm. to my university it's like that's a very good in if someone went yeah. to my high school yeah my feeling for that person increases um exponentially almost and if they yeah. come from my ex exact town particularly yeah, if you come yeah. from a small town I'm or, or maybe on the you. same street or maybe right. on the same if street they're, or if something. they're from the same street well that 
you're coming under my wing and it's you and me. I'm taking <laughs> you as far as I can take you. Yeah. It's funny how there's the, the, when you do not know someone mm. in this big world we live in, if someone's yeah. part of that little tiny tribe that perhaps you were from, if you can find that in this uh, place that you're targeting, like that's super Absolutely. strong. I, anyone yeah, who reaches out to me from my high school, and I went to a very mediocre comprehensive school where majority of the students go on to do apprenticeships. And actually it's only a handful of people that even go to university, never mind mm. get a job at a, a big company. And if they reach out to me, think saying they want to work in finance and they're interested, I will do everything in my powers to make that happen. But that, if someone at my uni, it sort of waters down a little bit and then it, and <laughs> so on and so forth. It's quite interesting how yeah. my brain works like that. I don't know if that's the same for everyone. Yeah, it's, it's true. Well, I, I think to, for me, it's you know, kind of not necessarily just, for example, further back, the better, because for example, actually, I mean, I haven't encountered this, but say if someone went to the, say, same kindergarten as me, I'm not sure if necessarily, <laughs> if, if like, even though that runs really far back, I'm not sure necessarily that would have the same impact as say high school. But mm -hmm. what I do, at least from what I've observed is say, even at university level, um, you know, it might be that, for example, they happen to uh, uh, really like the lecture of the same professors that I like, as an example, right? Then, then it's it's just how how deep that connection can be when you can click, or maybe their their favorite sport happens to be the same as mine, or something like that. Uh, there can be different ways, but also they're you know kind of just mentioning uh, could, could be executing this incorrectly. So, for example, I uh, remember receiving a LinkedIn message, trying you know, student trying really hard to find the common ground. But her common ground was, hi, I noticed that we both studied in the UK. And I appreciate that is a common ground, but that's kind of like a too big of a common ground. You know, a lot of people <laughs> studied in the UK, if you like. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. No, I hear you on that one. You've got to get a little bit more deeper into the, the, the Zhao background check before. Um, so for anyone who wants to, to tap up Zhao on LinkedIn, what I'd recommend is check out check out just type, go onto youtube and search <laughs> cha, cha cha dancing and, um, <laughs> okay. you'll see really? you'll see you'll see a video of two people the first one if you didn't know is that bruce lee was the cha cha champion of hong kong and then you'll see xiao yu Zhang, the cha cha champion of china um, lay, lay it in then with also an equal amount of martial artist capability um so yeah just just just, just the fact there if you I, want to get in deep yeah. with Jiao on the, the common ground as much as i did latin born dancing at uni but i think that that charter <laughs> champion is definitely a different shall you to myself but yeah certainly i i think a good good, good way to, to start finding the common ground okay um, so but, the, yeah moving on then the other thing was um and i think this is a really important one is whenever you're encountering a person you got to ask yourself what's the purpose and understanding the goal mm. of what you want to get out of that interaction or the goal of networking in general so what's mm. your advice around that area sure i think the first thing is the, the way i normally why i speak to students i normally describe networking is the process of finding a common ground and sort of very similar to say when you just join university or school and trying to make new friends but the slight difference is usually networking does come more with a purpose 
uh, whereas a lot of the friendship, um, you know, certainly the, 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 a lot of the ones I, I, I would say before joining work and for example, are very pure, right? You're not, not really making a friend for necessarily any particular purpose. Uh, um, just you know, want to 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 meet new people and and, and make new friends for the sake of it. Uh, it is the way I see it. And when it comes to networking, um, so finding common ground for sure is a starting point. But I would say most students uh, have a relatively speaking, in my opinion, short term goal. So for example, I just want to understand: Does this alumni who works at this prestigious company has an internship this summer? That, that I can happen to apply to, or perhaps I want this person to immediately check my CV for me or check my cover letter, or maybe I have a coffee chat before my application to the firm. So relatively short term, um, which is fine. But in my opinion, students' goal when networking should be far more, you know, kind of in depth than this, actually further out essentially. And to me, I would say the aim should be trying to find yourself a mentor, someone who's willing to guide you, not necessarily just through this year's application, but someone you can talk to almost like a friend, or, and perhaps you do become friends with each other when you encounter you know, career situations, uh, maybe during your internship, after your internship about receiving the offer, or maybe even when you join the graduate scheme. And I think that's far more powerful than just having like a one-off conversation with someone. So how, I mean, finding a, a mentor makes a lot of sense, but I mean, that must be a difficult thing to find, right? To find someone yeah, who's willing absolutely. to put that amount of time and effort into you and to build that rapport. I mean, that's got to be a tough gig to get, get hold of one of those. Any, any kind of I, advice around like to, to quantify or put context around, you know, if, you, if we just say to people like, go out there and get a mentor. I mean, how realistic is mm. that, that you could find a successful relationship like that sure uh, and i definitely agree it's not an easy process and um you know first thing i think i want to say that is there's definitely based on what i've seen over the years a lot of people in the industry who are really willing and passionate to help the students and to your point right you know maybe they've been through a very similar path and so on but i think there's two parts to this one is about the student uh, building their profile and second part is more on the etiquette side so, so I'll talk about the building profile file, file part first most students when it comes to networking it's actually end up or it end up being more of a one-way conversation for example you know um, might it be a virtual event during COVID times or before that say alumni comes back to school or university and does a sharing on behalf of the firm or, or company um, and at the end you might go as the, the many others would go and ask some questions. Now, during this process, it is a good way to try to stand out. And most students try to do that by asking a high quality or question that can be remembered. But actually, especially with career stuff, I'm not saying there's no such type of questions, but most questions students face on the career front are relatively with a common theme, right? Uh, or exploring, trying to understand the industry and so on. So it's quite hard for you to stand out that, that in that way. But most students end up asking the questions and it becomes a one-way conversation where the speaker talks at you. But actually what I encourage students to do is try to, during the quest process of asking questions, try to have a discussion or maybe showcase your knowledge of the industry and so on to give the person you're networking with a chance to say, wow, this kid is impressive. 
I'd like to find out more about this individual, giving them essentially a chance to ask the question, is this someone I want to nurture? Is this someone I want to, you know, see become successful? Yeah, so kind of two two points to add there on that. One is the key to, I think, good rapport building is being an active listener. And it's that Mm. kind of ties into things like the interview process and things like that. You're so stressed thinking about, am I saying the right thing? Am I leading the interviewer down the right path? What's the next question? You're not actually embracing and living the moment and, he, and therefore yeah. it's a it's a artificial conversation that has no substance because you're not actually actively listening to take part in that conversation so that's the first part I'd say with that and the second yeah. one is this is why that commercial awareness and this is what I try to push you know my my area of coverage is like the macro mm-hmm. so looking at the news every day and understanding things it's like that makes you interesting and it's like yeah. And that makes you sound not only in touch with what's going on, it means you are also talking about a subject matter that this individual is probably dealing with with their clients just before they met you. Mm. Particularly if you were talking in a more front office kind of client-facing sales training type broker sales role, something like that. And mm. now, now you're talking their language. So rather than just saying, yeah. what's the culture like? And which is when I get asked or well, stuff like that, it gets quite repetitive and quite boring. And I kind of mm. get a bit switched off. But if someone talks to me about, oh, it's the Fed tonight, let's say, and yeah. they're going to yeah. taper. And what do you think the impact will be on the yield curve or something like that? It's like, oh, okay. So yeah. they're asking, they know what to ask. And now I'm interested. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just to give a comparison, usually why, why I talk to students about this, I, I call the type of question can differ from what's called a level one question and a level two. Nothing wrong with either level, but it's just the quality of it. So for example, a very typical question students love asking during the process is, um, you know, tell me, say the interest in IBD, tell, tell me about a typical day in IBD, right? What is it like? That's like a level one question. Is there anything wrong? Nothing wrong. You're going to get something out of it? Probably. Um, but for the person who's speaking about this, probably have said this a hundred or a thousand times. But if level two would be like, you know, I, I, I had a previous internship in sales and trading, but I'm now exploring IBD. I did this case competition from what my understanding of IBD is like this. What, is, is that what your typical day is like? Just by adding a little bit more flavor of your understanding and your thoughts, it gives so much more information for, for the listener or, or the, you know, the, the audience or the person you're networking with to, to play with and to digest. Okay. And so the second thing you said um, about understanding your goal was build your own mm. profile and general mm. etiquette. So what, when you say etiquette, what are you referring to? <laughs> yeah, well, how should I put this? I think this is probably, and, and um, you know, unfortunately, one of the biggest downfall when it comes to student and networking, in my personal opinion, um, a lot of students... Uh, there's a lot to do with etiquette, for example, being on time, uh, for example, doing your research beforehand so that, you know, making sure you get people's name right. Um, you know, you, you can't imagine how many LinkedIn messages I get when obviously on LinkedIn, our name is shown there, but still with my name spelt wrong um, and, and so on. But I think without going through the list for, for ages, some of the key things on the etiquette front, I think students really need to look out for, look out for Firstly, is show your appreciation. I think a lot of students um, 
in the field of networking end up being a little bit what I refer to as use and abuse because they have, for example, the goal of getting their CV checked by someone, um, you know, they, they, they reach out and someone who is very passionate about helping students help them. And, you know, some of the extreme situations, the student won't even say thank you. Uh, maybe for, for, forgotten to say so, or whatever the reason. And, uh, or other cases whereby, you know, will only reach out to the industry professional they're talking to when they have a need, right? No Merry Christmas or no general greetings, but just when the student has a need, they will reach out as if the person they're networking with needs to evolve around the student, if you like. So, so the appreciation, I think, is a, is a key to look out Yeah, and I, and I can add some personal ex experience of that is I always find that, <clears throat> so applications are very seasonal, as most students yeah. would be aware of. And so what you tend to see is with LinkedIn activity from students is it maps the seasonality of the humps around, <laughs> say, when applications are due. And I yeah. always try to encourage people that, look, a relationship, and I always, I always make this comment, whether it's a right or wrong thing to use as an expression or analogy, is that if I, if I walk into a bar and let's say I'm a single guy, mm. if I walk into a bar and I see a, a very attractive person and I walk mm. up to them and say, hey, you better get your jacket, you're coming with me. What's the likelihood of success in that encounter between me and this person, this, 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 this woman, for example, it's probably one in a million. I'd like, I'd like to give myself slightly better odds, but I'm going to go with one in a million that she just goes, okay, great. Let's go back to yours. The idea being here is that relationships are built on trust, right? People will, will, will help you if they trust you, but how do you form trust and you form trust through growing and developing a relationship and that and everyone can sympathize with this because most people even at a young age at university you've had relationships right whether with your parents your siblings or with another partner and so you know then that you takes time and effort and so for me it's more about growing your network base through the year so that when the application time comes and you need that help it's an easy lever to pull rather than trying to create the levers they're all there and mm. the common question i get back of that is yeah but where do i find like time to manage all these people it's like well look mm. you've got to invest when it comes to the relationships you really nurture to get what you want out of to maximize them yeah you can't do tons of them but you can pick out the ones that you feel that a you're just building generally a more natural rapport with and then really mm. invest your time and grow those ones and they could yeah. they'll then materialize and be those mentors that you that you're that you're seeking but yeah absolutely sympathize what you said it's you cannot just rock up last moment and then expect to get what you want it's like this isn't a paid for service you're asking for a favor and if you think in life, you know, if someone asks you for a favor, you know, you'd go, you'd bend over for a friend. If a stranger mm. stops you in the street, of course, you're not going to help them. And so mm. the situation, you know, I've now I paint it in a very black and white extreme way, but you know, that that's how I kind of see it. So it's, it's more of a, 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 it's a constant thing. And the payoff is not just yeah. applications. As I said, it's personal development as well. So 
don't feel like the only goal is right. I got my job. I'm in. That's it. Drop it. Yeah. It's like the other thing is as well is that I always I, I you know and I know a lot of our listeners trade options, right? Mm. What about the payoff if this stock price goes up a thousand percent, like Tesla or whatever it might be, or some crypto? And it's like I think younger people they're always expecting a payoff. And mm. their payoff they're looking for is very short term. But what I'd say is take me for an example. Will and Piers, mm. I've known for 13 years. Will and Piers, the co founders mm. of Amplify. For the first, uh, well, eight years of that relationship, they were my client. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know I was going to work at Amplify until mm. I'd started here. It was never a thing. And so the relationship was there. And it just yeah. so happened our opportunity came up and I exercised my option, if you want to call it that, <laughs> eight years later from when yeah. that relationship began. But I never thought that in the eight years prior. The idea mm. is then is that you have a lot of these relationships. You have these catch-ups. You said it exactly right. It's like, oh, it's Christmas. Like, just, just pick up the phone and like wish someone a Merry Christmas and with no agenda and just have a chat. Like without asking for anything that's a nice thing to do or like send a bottle of wine or something if you've had conversations in the year completely unexpected like that will get you a long way those sorts of things yeah. so i i think honestly to your point for example if you you and your mentor got to the stage where you're able to just pick up the phone at christmas time and say hi or you know greet each other i think that means that that's a true bond already right now for most the students to get to that stage with a mentor, you know, it takes a long time, eh? and there might be literally one or two, uh, if you're lucky. Uh, and even if, you know, just at Christmas time, sending them a Merry Christmas is better than nothing. Because again, putting it back to, to the real stories I've encountered. So for example, you know, we, it's all mobile phones and computers and so on. And you can see chat histories. Now, if someone reaches out to you and you scroll up, you see the last time they spoke to you was they needed something two years ago. <laughs> how do you feel? But if in the middle, you can see that, you know, at least they've been sending greetings to you, even if it's just like a mass message, it does make, you know, a slight difference showing that they actually care, right? Even if it's a mass, mass message. Um, Certainly, yeah, just having that, that thought, right? It's a two-way process. It, it makes a huge, huge difference, yeah. One, one thing I wanted to ask is that mm. um, at the moment, there's a lot of Zoom activity still happening mm. at this present point in time. Yeah. Does that present any other challenges as, as, as per pre-pandemic networking opportunities? Honestly, I actually think it has made networking so much easier for many students Reason being, previously, you were constrained to, most of the times, uh, people you meet, right, face-to-face, -face because you will feel more comfortable networking that way, and, and so on, you have something to refer to, hey, I attended the session you hosted offline, blah, 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 but now, you, you, your boundaries, the entire world, I guess, and, and, you know, you can literally, as long as the time zone works for you, you can message someone across the world, and if they're willing to help you, then you can jump on a Zoom call and have a chat. And the beautiful thing about this is it actually makes a lot of the small things or the intricacies far less complicated. Say, for example, if you want to meet someone for face-to-face -face coffee, where do I meet you? Are you going to be five minutes late? 
because mm. we've been talking uh, on LinkedIn. I don't have your phone number. How do I find you? Do I just wait for half an hour? Um, you know, all those are gone basically. And, and actually, in my opinion, has made this easier for students to, to access. And, and also the fact that people are much more uh, uh, willing to, you know, just ha- jump on a virtual call because, hey, everyone's been used to it for the past two years. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I mean, I've found that for myself, you know, like you said, if actually, if I X out the five minute walk to the coffee shop, the five minute walk back, mm-hmm. I could fit in another conversation with another person in those 10 minutes. <laughs> and and yeah, it, and for students, I know, obviously, with those not based in London, the travel to London, the complication, the expense as well, not just time. So yeah. for sure, I think, you know, Zoom, you've got, you've got to see it that Zoom is actually a massive positive the behavioral shift to have these online conversations for sure um one yeah. thing i did want to mention before i forget was that mm. um on amplifyme.com um if you go onto there and you just register for free you can access our content hub and on the hub there are a series of industry insights and in that it's conversations i'm having with just like you and i are having now but i've had conversations with um, the head of global research in Namura had a conversation with the um, the head of trading at Deutsche, like some really cool people, big fund managers. What better way to get an in than to listen to one of those conversations? These people talk to me about their background from when they were young. Most of these, these people are like 40, 50 years old now. So they're talking back in retrospect, but these are fantastic people to connect with. I mean, these are super, super senior. Um, and so what a great way to watch an interview, get some of that special, special source, if you like. And then when you go in with the speculative intro, you'll now have something of real quality that you can say, oh, I saw this interview and you said this. And I found that was really unique or really interesting. It's a really different mm, perspective. Mm. I'd love to find out more about that. Like this, yeah. any little in, you know, you can get, um, I think you should utilize. And hopefully, you know, that's part of the purpose that that serves is like to broaden a network because I, I know having been a student is that it's, um, you know, it's super difficult to get the time and of, of the ear of someone senior. Mm. Um, whether that's true or not, I'm not sure because I think a lot of people just get too intimidated by that mm. scenario and don't even try. Yeah. And as yeah. one of my dear friends says, a shy baby gets no milk. So you got to ask the question Absolutely. to then have the opportunity. You, you often will be pleasantly surprised. Right. Okay, cool. Well, look, um, just to wrap things up then, we've covered a couple of the common excuses, uh, how to get started, understanding your goals, building a profile, your general etiquette. Anything else you'd like to, to finish up with? Sure. I think the last thing I want to say is that the networking process, it's um, often not so smooth, right? Where you will get no responses, uh, where you may not necessarily have a great conversation. But honestly, when you do find someone who you just click with, um, might be after, you know, 20 or 30 attempts. Uh, Just from my own experience of doing so, uh, even now doing it, it's all worth it. So, so make sure you, you have the right attitude towards this too. Don't just, you know, feel, oh no, I messaged 10 people, they didn't respond. Let's just leave this. Yeah. And, and, and the final 
points for me is is that you know just don't just don't overthink it don't overcomplicate it sometimes um you know one thing i was always i was taught this by a mentor actually i was given when i first started mm. working so when i first mm. started working even though i was working on an analyst desk i got sent on a, a trading as part of this uh, prop trading firm's division i got sent there mm. for three months to mm. learn how to trade essentially so i knew the client i was servicing in that respect and he said mm. to me, um, even he, the guy he mentioned was Bob Diamond, who was like a head of Barclays at the time. And he was like, mm. even Bob Diamond had his first you know, day at work. And it was a really good penny drop to say that, that even the people you admire and respect mm. are super you know, powerful in your eyes. They had a first day at work. They had uncertainties. Yeah. They had the necessity to go out and feel uncomfortable and build their network everyone's been there and everyone has to start there and so Absolutely. you have to em embrace that as a process not be intimidated by it and when i say don't overcomplicate it the thing i think that builds rapport with me for example when i talk mm -hmm. to students is you know the, the key is that people like to talk about themselves and generally non-work related stuff right yeah, and when you yeah. when you when you have fun with your friends you're not talking about work that's like dull and boring and so again there's two tracks of thought here as you rightly said what do you want to get out of this and obviously keep that at your forefront there needs to be some quantifiable material you're getting back to help you on your application process for example but the other thing is building the rapport and building the rapport mm -hmm. comes from, you know, just, just talking and like, you know, <laughs> in a, yeah. the, the greatest example is when I used to have the brightest grads on the, on our, our, our desk in my, my previous job. And um, I, I used to have a, like a black book of contact contacts, market contacts, and I'd rank them in the A list, B list, C list. Right. And so your A list are like, super senior, they're really well informed. Mm -hmm. They've got all the, the, the best kind of, content and contacts so i need to mm. keep them on side and so i would talk to them regularly even if it wasn't something that i needed at that point in time because i needed mm. to be on their a list so <laughs> they need i needed to be on their, their the forefront of their mind and these grads used to say to me i used to say to them right jump on the bloomberg chat go yeah. and chat to roseanne and roseanne was like the head of fixed income in new york of quite a big research mm. firm and mm. they'd say what do I say? And I, and I used to say to them, hi, just say, well, you could start with saying hi and maybe introduce yeah. yourself and then Absolutely. just see what happens. And then they would go, yeah, but, but it's Roseanne. What do I say? And I say, and I used to say to her, ask her how her husband's knee operation has gone and ask her how her rose garden's doing because she loves gardening. Yeah. Don't talk markets <laughs> just because <laughs> A, you're not ready yet to talk technically at her level anyway. Mm. And B, you know, this is when they've got the job, of course. But just, just mm. chat to her, because if she mm. likes you, she'll help you. And so you got to get her on side first, and then you ask. So yeah, there's um, that's the other thing. It's just, just don't, str don't stress too much. It's just like if you're yourself, you back your personality, and uh, hopefully you click. And if you, if you yeah. don't, then fine. It's what you want to show, right? It's what you want to show. Yeah. Cool. Well, let's wrap it there. Thank you very much, Zevichal. Um, we'll be back for another episode. Chow and I spoke about the topic of interviews and we felt a little bit like we might be opening Pandora's box because it could be a multi-episode experience, but 
we'll try and condense it into perhaps one, possibly two, and we'll probably commence that from, from next week. So stay tuned. Um, and then otherwise, thanks for listening. Uh, check out the hub, as I said, for some of those industry insights. And uh, yeah, see you next week. Thank you, Xiao. Thank you all. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.